What up, Sea of Red? You're listening to Into the Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast. Your home for all things Flames and updates around the NHL. With your hosts, Raja Burry and Noah Eppleston. Into the Flames, new episodes every Sunday. Did that move at the start of the third that Johnny made on Victor Arvidsson when he got caught back, like the between the legs, his edge work was so disgusting, man. I, oh my God. You even texted me. You're like, also, holy crap, Johnny Goudreau. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dude. Man, was- Dude, like I was listening to, I think like I was listening to a bit of Flames talk at the end of uh, the game last night, just because I wanted to see, like, because Pat answers a lot of calls, right? Like, a lot of fans that call in, and I wanted to see what some people were saying. And, like, dude, like, Johnny Goudreau, Daryl Sutter even came out and said it. Like, if this guy, if this man <laughs> decided to scrap it up, he would have had a Gordie Howe hat trick. Yeah. Like, and he almost did. Freaking choke slam jersey, like – Dude, that was literally like I'm not joking. That gif of just oh, like, dude, the LA are a soccer team on ice. Like, dude, Jersey acted like he got shot. Their entire team was flopping all over the ice all night long, trying to get a penalty. Spent spent too much time watching the LA Galaxy. Literally, like, like they must tickets or something. It's like, yeah, I like, I don't know, man. Like I, Johnny Goudreau, if, if you're still not bought in to the whole, he's a game changer thing. This is his 13th game this season with three or more points. Yeah. Like um, the guy is absolutely possessed this year. Absolutely possessed in every area of the ice. It's like all he needed was a good coach and I don't know, line mates. This man looked different last night. Johnny Goudreau better be signing a lifetime contract here. Like, I swear to God, you cannot joke around with this. Hypothetically, let's say Goudreau walks. We, A, would get nothing back for him. And who the fuck are you going to bring in to replace that? Nothing. You can't replace that. Nothing. Like, we would be so screwed. Yeah. God, yeah. please, please just get that shit done. I don't yeah. want to hear any more about, oh, I'm Santa Claus for contracts. No, actually ink him up. I don't care anymore. I don't care how yeah. much he wants. I don't care about the term. Just do it. Do it yeah. until Buddy starts, I don't know, feeling symptoms of arthritis or some shit. Like long-term, bro. Lifetime contract. Yeah. Yeah, you can't, you can't let him... I mean, he's just proven this year that he really is a game changer. I mean, he leads the league in five on five points by a freaking mile. Yeah. Like the guy um, yeah. dominate, play makes, he scores. You can't lose that. And if Calgary does, like, I am going to lose my shit. Lose it. Dude, like I we will literally have a screaming fest. Like oh, it'll be not okay. Like I need therapy. Full-on depression for months and months. Years. I'd be yeah. like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah. years. Like, we to this day, we still don't can't stop talking about the Aginla trade. That shit would be worse. Oh, yeah. It would be. <laughs> like, okay, you have guys like David Amber and stuff coming out and saying, yeah, no, he should be in the heart conversation. God bless you, David, because that's true. I don't know why more analysts aren't saying that. I don't know where you've been. Like, what? Like, the fact that even last night, you know, Matthew Kachuk came out and was like, it shocks me that he isn't the front runner or at least one of the top two or three. I mean, he has to be. If he's not, there's something very, very wrong with the system. There's been something very, very, very wrong with the award system forever. It's just a bunch of idiotic writers that don't know what the fuck they're talking about that get a privilege that they really shouldn't be deserving of i mean i'm biased but like my top five would still be chesterkin at one matthews at two 
right now, Yossi at three. That guy's having an unreal year. Um, he might have clicked. And Goudreau at four. And then McDavid or Makar at five. Take your pick. He's got to be top five. It's like without it. Who are you going to put? Like, I don't understand how. Like, okay, yeah, you mentioned Shesterkin Matthews, right? Media is all up in their business about Huberto. It's like, okay, but if you take Huberto off of the Panthers, does that drastically stop them more so than if you took Gaudreau off the Flames? I don't think so. Yeah, no. I don't think so. And I, I think, obviously, Jonathan Huberto is elite. Um, he's up there. Like, he's absolutely unreal. But I'm saying in terms of importance to the team as a whole, if Johnny Goudreau was not on this team, where, where the shit is the offense coming from on a night-to-night basis where you have someone elite that can carry his own line? No, yeah, think about it. Um, like, those, that stat that you were saying like a month ago, I, I, it might have changed now. I'm sure Florida has a 30-goal scorer now. Um, yeah. But Florida was one of those teams that didn't have a 30-goal scorer. They have so much depth scoring, and scoring comes from everywhere. Whereas mm-hmm. you look at three of our four 30 goal scorers all play on the same line. And yeah, after, after that, there isn't really anyone even eclipsing 20 goals other than Manchapani. Like, it's like over, over the course of a full season, you'll probably be getting 25 plus from Manjapani or to- and Tove. <laughs> Uh, Sean Monahan comes out, does media availability, draws back in after shitting for the last two. And then it comes out over the weekend, you know, Bradshaw Living hosts an emergency press conference and everyone was losing their shit. And I was thinking it was going to be one of the two. It was either going to be a Monahan situation or a long-term injury update on Oliver Shillington. Yeah. Turns out to be a... The last, uh, yeah, it was a Monahan update. Uh, he needs his right hip now surgically replaced. Oh, yeah. You're 27, bro. That's literally, there's a six-year difference between us and Monahan, And he's had how many surgeries now? Oh, probably got to be getting close to 10 now, right? Dude, like he'd be, like, every, like, I'm just thinking whenever the team travels, right? And they do, like, go through, like, security checks at the airport and whatnot. Oh Lost yeah, he, the metal detector. He gets, he gets patted <laughs> where they go for sure. Um, no, like patting him down, they're like, "What's this steel plate here?" Oh no, dog, don't worry, that's my hip. It's like what? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh my god, like I feel for the guy, really, I do, because that is absolutely, ugh, just oh my god, I can't even imagine playing through half of the shit that he's willingly played through over his career. And that's the thing, right? He. He goes out there. He's a warrior. He puts it on the line every night. He does what he can. And now I know he's not what he used to be. Everybody knows that. But he's still putting it all out on the ice for his team. And it is really sad to see because that game against the Blues was maybe his last game as a Calgary Flame. Um, L.A. Oh, was it L.A.? Yeah, the L.A. game. But, yeah, no, like that, yeah, you're right. Like that's probably like i don't see a world where he's back next year the story with monahan is just really sad we got into it on the last episode really got getting into all the surgeries he's needed we'll add another hip surgery back to back years for poor old monty like fuck dude i i feel so bad for him the people that constantly questioned his effort even in a role change that I'm just like, hey, you try playing through like 30% of the shit this guy through. Oh, you're not. Like, you're a couch potato, bud. Like, no, I mean, yeah, it, it's not an easy game out there. Like, it's physical, it's hard on your body. And yeah, when you've been hurt and gone through as many surgeries that he's been through, it's, it's tough to keep going out there. Yeah, it's sad. Colorado game was, I think, a good effort. Uh, I think all three times that we played Colorado this year, we looked good. Oh, yeah. No. Um, like, I was at the game. Um, it was a really good effort. It felt like a playoff game. You know, it was – the Flames got a lot of shots on net. I think they had 45 or something like that. Yeah, 46 shot attempts. 46, yeah. Um, 
like you just you get unlucky right it, it's a bad penalty in the third um and a Nichushkin in front and there's not much you can really do about it the flames lose 2-1 against arguably the best team in the league um it was a really good effort that night and i liked how they played can I just say, Nazem Kadri, 100% grew up watching soccer. A, oh, yeah. a, he's Lebanese, so I can relate to him in that, in that sense. B, there, when you're Lebanese, you really only have one sport that you watch as a kid. That's soccer. He clearly took a thing or two with the whole flopping around like a jellyfish thing. He yeah, lost yeah. the game as a result of a Kadri dive, bro. If you want to yeah. be like overarchingly simplistic and not get into it. It was a cadre dive that straight up got sold. And then we were out here killing a penalty. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> was like the whole dome was giving it to him too. Like everybody in the dome was like booing him, yelling at him. I loved it. Cause he, he was, he was diving all over the ice. He looked like a soccer player out there. Could have called him Neymar for all I cared. Um, I like that game. It was frustrating. It was, I don't, I don't even know how to explain that game. It was, it was a weird one. It was a weird one. Like, like we said earlier, shot attempts were 46, 41 in favor of the flames. Scoring chances were 17 to 19 in favor of the abs. High dangers were seven, four Calgary expected goals for 48.3 for the flames, 51.7 for Colorado. Those numbers are still like my thing is okay. Kemper stood on his head, but he, and there were shots being generated. You, sometimes you genuinely get goalied, and it's not the term that you use with how it was used and tossed around in years prior. Like, oh no, we got goalied. No, you got fucking destroyed. Say yeah. it like how it is, right? Here, you actually got goalied, right? You got to finish your chances also, but Kemper stood on his head and that was an A plus performance out of him. Kemper was great. And even in the last two minutes, the flames were pushing and pushing and Kemper made some huge saves. Like I'm talking massive saves. And like, we all kind of left the dome that night with our hands over our head. Like, man, that one should have gone to overtime. Like, but Kemper stood on his head. He held the line for the last two minutes and, and you, you don't pick up a point. So. That'll, and then after that game, we start to slump, right? So, yeah, we start we start the slump. Uh, we head into the LA game, which, as we reiterated or at the start, that is likely Sean Monahan's last game as a Calgary Flame. You gotta you gotta imagine that I like I, I get that this is can be seen as a shitty excuse to be used for why you're losing, but when you're playing four to five games a week. There's got to be a fatigue element, and they I think the boys were just tired of being at home. They needed this road trip. Like, they needed the trip that started last night. Even Luch said it in the press conference. He's like, we just need to get out of here. Like, we need a road trip. We need to get out. Um, but it, it wasn't terrible from the Flames, right? I mean. It wasn't. I don't – I don't like, these games, this is the thing. Like, they're not terrible games where we did not show up. They are very tight-checking, playoff-like hockey games. And the Kings do not give you a lot of space in the neutral zone. They do not give you a lot of space in the defensive zone. They are going to press you, and they're going to force turnovers. The Flames dealt with it reasonably well, if I'm being completely honest. They played a pretty good game. You go 2-2 through regulation. Um, They looked really good in the third. And in the shootout, you send Michael Backlund first and he completely whiffs it and you lose all your momentum and you lose. This like he deeped himself out. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> like, could you, could there not have been a more prime example of a Michael Backlund shootout attempt than that one? Like I saw him come to the dot and I already knew what was going to happen. And then it just, everything I was expecting unfolded right in front of my eyes. Like I love Daryl Sutter so much. But I just want to know what he was thinking there. Like, okay, Backlund did not – like, the way I look at it, Backlund had a really shitty game. I feel like this was Daryl's, I guess, methodology of being, hey, here's your chance to redeem yourself. Score here. 
Go ahead. And so what did he do? He <laughs> himself out. I was like, oh my God. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, like we have two other 30 goal scorers that you could choose from, right? How about that uh, Eric Branson goal, though? The uh, the stat card on that one, assisted by Sean Monahan and Milan Lucic. What a what a goal! I mean, and if it is Sean Monahan's last game as a Flame, at least he picked up a point, right? Yeah, that's. Oh my god, that's that that this whole Monahan thing makes me so sad because like shit dude like he's 27 supposed to be the prime of your career you're not supposed to be getting multiple surgeries every summer and it's an absolute haul just for you to get back to playing hockey every single time camp opens up um i just want to say the la kings have blown me out of the water this year they're so good i just thought i do not see that coming you look at the roster Dude, like Arthur Kaliev, Jordan Spence, Quentin Byfield. Like, these are guys that you saw in the World Juniors, dude, in, like, years prior. Like, two years ago. Like, barely. Like, last year, even. Yeah. And now they're playing, like, playoff hockey like that. It's unbelievable what McLennan has done with that team. Like, dude, like, I I remember, like, when they signed Deneau, I was like, oh, so they really feel like they could go for it. And I was, I was questioning, like, their moves in the summer. Like, huh, Danelle Arvidsson, like, okay, you guys were really trying to make be competitive. You yeah. watch them this season, I'm just like, holy Lord. Yeah. <laughs> like, both games that we just played them in the last week, they have played almost perfect games against the Flames. And I know, like, I'm going to touch on Sean Jersey right now just because he played 28 minutes in that first game against Calgary um even though he is a diving whiny little sack of shit he has filled some big shoes with Doughty being out there I, I will not lie um yeah. but still the guy is an absolute loser and I'll leave it at that the thing that I noticed with the um the first time we played them on Thursday night at home the Kings did an excellent job in neutralizing and controlling the center of the ice, the neutral zone into the slot. They did a very good job at getting sticks in lanes. A lot of it, a lot of the fan base was saying, well, the Flames can't make a pass. No, the Kings are just really good at defending right now. That's what it was. The Kings held a six to one high danger scoring chance edge at, by the end of the second against us. That's crazy. They've just got a lot of really skilled firecrackers. They're all young. They yep. can, like, out – like, they're big, too. Like, Quentin Byfield, dude, is a building with feet, and this guy hasn't even grown into his frame yet. No, yeah. And, like, they don't shy away from the physical side of things either. Like, they'll they'll get chippy, and they'll get, they'll get after it along the boards. And they're going to be – like, I really hope they make the playoffs because they are a playoff-built team right now. The way that they play and their system, they play playoff-style hockey. And, and yeah, I, I think I think like, in first it. Series, that would be awesome. With the animosity that was built last night, oh. LA, oh. it would be a deadly series. It looks like it would be us and Nashville and then L.A. Edmonton. They could potentially be a second-round matchup. Oh, for sure. 100% they could be. Um, but then again, Vegas is also, we're getting too much into the playoffs here, but Vegas is also flying right now. I mean, they've, they've won four in a row. Yeah. Uh, and Edmonton's on a five game win streak. Like the Pacific is getting really close. Can you imagine if, uh, the first round consists of the abs and Knights and the abs lose like oh it's upset and like you- comes in just like, oh, I'm in the playoffs boys. Finally, <laughs> if the lost first round of the Knights. I'm pretty sure the NHL would like implode. No, like actually though, like there there'd be there'd be like a riot in Colorado. Like there would not, <laughs> yeah. that, that would not be normal. LA game Gaudreau scores from your boy boy and Hannafin. And then like we touched on earlier, good Branson from Monahan and Luch. I my my thing is is like when you look at the isolated impact of a lot of the players looking at the Colorado and LA game, Hannafin and Anderson struggled those two nights they weren't um they weren't able to suppress chances like they used to in terms of also starting up a transition game uh 
we battled back, right? Like we were playing good hockey, I think, for the most part, those two games. Um, yeah, but again, like like we reiterated, like Backlund shootout attempt, that had to have been like, Michael, here you go, redeem yourself because you did not play well tonight. And then, yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you grab a point and you, you get out of there, right? It's it's a big point and it's a point against the, the second place team in your division, which you can't complain about. And then we moved on to St. Louis, which was a little bit more of a frustrating game. Like that's that's the game where I get Flames fans are upset with. But when they were saying that oh, we played freaking terrible these last three games, we've lost three in a row. We haven't played terrible at all. And even against St. Louis, we didn't play that terrible. I mean, there was some a, a huge, like a couple of huge defensive lapses and people were, people were putting it on Jacob Markstrom. A lot of my buddies were putting it on Jacob Markstrom. And I did not like that at all because as I said, there's maybe one goal that was his fault against St. Louis. Yep. And that it was guys wide open in the slot, getting a pick, whatever corner they want. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. You look at the five on five analytics and metrics, the flames outplayed the shit out of the blues on Saturday, yep. 75.2 to 24.8. Huh? Where's the bad game that you need a rebuild out of? Some of the comments in the comment section after that night were absolutely blasphemous, like absolutely yep. pathetic. Like listen to this one, right? Well, we'll get into the practice incident between Branson and Coleman in a bit, but yeah, like listen to this comment. Same story as every year, every game, nothing's changed. Huh? I got my hopes up too quick. First round exit once again. I don't understand what is psychologically wrong with this team and choking. I don't care anymore. Blow it all up. What are you talking about? Yeah. And like the score line. It looks bad, but if you think about it, the Blues got two empty netters. Like, the scoreline looks terrible, and it looks like we gave up a lot of goals. But, like, I, I don't get where this is coming from. Daryl has his team playing a certain type of way for a reason, and it's shown us a great on-ice product all season long. As soon as you drop three games, you're going to go to saying stuff like that? I, I don't understand it at all this team's like i'm sorry this is the third what the third lowest point of the year capped at three and we haven't lost back-to-back games in regulation since the start of you know since prior to the january. january january that's how you know that this fan fan base has gotten spoiled and i despise the flames fan base for being so we're like our hockey team so high and so freaking low and there's no in between Nobody can just stay level-headed and realize that you can't win every game. You're going to drop some. You're going to get unlucky bounces. Like, that's part of the game. And even Kelly and Rick were talking about it on the, on the broadcast last night, that that happens in hockey more than any other sport. There is times where things aren't just going to go your way, and you're going to get some tough bounces, and you're going to lose games because of it. That's hockey. Hey, Sea of Red, Raja here with a special announcement. I'm a brand ambassador for SeatGeek. SeatGeek is a mobile app that literally lets you buy tickets in the easiest way possible. I think their tagline is that they take the confusion out of buying tickets, something like that. Use the promo code CFT to get $20 off of your first SeatGeek order. I'm talking sporting events, concerts. Remember, the promo code is C of T. Share it around, tell your friends, and go Flames Go. The problem is the team as a whole. We work our butts off to tie the game and get back into it, and then all of a sudden decide to stop trying. Do me a favor and go read my scoring effects article over at the win column, because that just absolutely obliterates anything that you just stated in this statement. Dude, the comment section was absolutely, like, so dumb. Like, it's not even even a product of, oh, well, PTSD from previous years. Okay, but anyone with half a brain understands that this year has been different and it is very freaking obvious it is not even remotely comparable to years prior it's so (laughs) dim-witted it is and 
it's the same people that when we go on a winning streak are like, we're the best team in the league, like blah, 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 blah. Like, and then when you lose, you want to abandon the team. Like you guys are fake fans, fake fans and you don't deserve what this hockey team has been putting on the ice this year at all. I don't even care if anyone makes statements like that. I don't care who you are. You completely, I don't count you as part of the fan base. You have lost all of my respect. And like, did we not dominate St. Louis? We outshot them, what, 40, 43, 45 to 25 or something like that? Like almost by 20 shots? Yeah, almost by 20, 43 to 25, yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's so different. It's so different. It's like, this team literally does not give up. They're so fucking relentless. And if you're not seeing that, pay attention. I mean, like, do you want to talk about anything? How about Brett Ritchie and his hockey IQ? Let's talk about that because that was sick. That was literally... Dude, that was one of the goals of our season. I'm not even joking. I was like, I was like so hyped. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, since Brett's been back in the lineup, you know, in the little... I mean, he's been drawn in, taken out, drawn in, taken out the last two. Both those games he scored. Yep. He's had a goal at game pace, just saying. Um, <laughs> and then he comes in and scores that. And I was like, <laughs> so yeah. sick. Are you awesome. kidding me? I know. I, I was not expecting that from him, but it was a great heads-up play just to sneak that puck right off Huso's stick in between his legs. Huso had no clue he was even there. I mean, he just snuck in behind Huso and was like, "Don't mind me, just uh, just gonna put this." Uh... And the way that he like tapped it into, just like, yeah, all right, all right Brett, let's go. Scores and then that got- on national TV, Hockey Night in Canada. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, we even made the joke, like, if this guy scores in the playoffs, he's gonna do it when it's national. What he's gonna score when it's a national game, and he scores that great goal. I mean, after that goal, I kind of thought that was going to energize the boys. And we were honestly just going to put St. Louis in the dirt, but that didn't happen. Um, but then you had Johnny Gaudreau walking in, going to his favorite spot. Once again, it's like, it's like he, it's like a montage. He's just making a montage and going top glove out there every time. It's beautiful. I love it. It is beautiful. Noah Hannafin's tying goal. Brett Ritchie snapped his leg. I like, there's no update on what his injury is, but either hyperextended his knee or just snapped his leg in half. And can Robert so stop just sliding in front of the net everywhere? That's all he did the whole game. Every time the puck got near the crease, Bertuzzo went on his stomach and just started taking people's legs out. Like, like what was that? I It was pathetic. And, like, I don't know what was even more pathetic, when the, the, the goal celebration or the fact that it happened. Hannafin scores. Carpenter thinks it went off of Lucic. So Carpenter goes to Lucic first. Hannafin's sitting there like cheering, like he put it in and goes, no, that went off my stick. Brett Ritchie's on the ground. Like, guys, I'm dying. Did someone call like the, the trainer? Like, I can't move my leg. And then it was just a weird, <laughs> one of the weirdest goal celebrations I've ever seen. It was. Yeah. No, I feel bad for Brett Ritchie, dude. He had a great. I'm not even going to lie. The games that he's played this year, the analytics love him. Oh, yeah. yeah I no, mean, he, he's a physical body out there. That's what he brings. I mean. And what I want to say is, like, would he not have been an asset in the playoffs? Like, I'm just being, I guess, overarching. That type of physical game where you send out a guy, you go bash bodies. I mean, what was Furlan's role in 2015? Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's true. Like you come up, that's an asset. We do have Lucci. True. We do have Lucci. True. You know what? At least he scored that highlight reel before he's probably out for the rest of the year. I mean, again, we don't have an update, which is weird. Usually they update on that. All I know is that him and Shillington did not travel uh, with the team to LA. Yeah, with no update, that's it makes you wonder, right? Like maybe Maybe it's not as bad as we think, or maybe it's yeah, he's completely toast for the year. Like yeah, like what? Like what, I just want to know. Like come on, he's part of the team. Let the us way know. That, we care. Like, it could have been like a torn ACL or MCL uh, or months of rehab and recovery. Um, 
the no, the no update kind of makes me lean towards that. He might not be back this year. Um, yeah. That's Cause I'm if it was, if it was just like a day to day or like a week to week thing, they, they would have had that announced by now, I think. Um, uh, oh yeah. They, they but, I mean, yeah, they would have. The flames give up a tough one with two minutes left in the third. I mean, Dubé scores late. Gets his 10th from Lindholm and Kachuk, but it's like, hey, like. Too little too late, right? I too mean, little too late. Just a tad. Just a tad. Just a tad. Uh, like, that you gave up with two minutes left. It's like, I don't get how he's open there. I, I You can't be having a defensive lapse like that with two minutes left in the hockey game. And that's been the story. I mean, when you look at, I guess, that little stretch, that little 0-2-1 stretch. Look at the significance of the goals that have gone in and tell me that that is not the product of a defensive lapse. I don't think it has to do with Markstrom more so than it is shitty positioning in front of him. And it's been rare this year. Nathan Walker was standing right dead center of the goal, right at the dots. That's where that goal went in from. So you tell me what that was. It's a defensive lapse in your own zone with two minutes left to go in a hockey game. That's why we lose. I mean. And for all the defensive lapses that have occurred, can I just say Zadorov and Goodbranson have been absolute units the last three games? Yep. Like, yeah. just wow. Um, speaking of Goodbranson, so when the Flames were practicing at Winsport, uh, Coleman and Goodbranson got into a bit of a shoving match. According to Christian Anderson, uh, some stuff took a turn. Uh, Coleman fell to the ground. Branson broke his stick, and the two shared words, a high-intensity practice. You talk to Daryl after that. Yeah, more guys need to be doing that. The guys that are pillow fighting, they got to do that. I was like, I was like, who on this team is pillow fighting? <laughs> me, and, me and my buddy were joking. We were like, probably had the goalie stick, like, hanging off the end of the bench, like, slamming it. Like, let's go, boys. Keep it going. Like, as they're going at it. I'm sure he just loved it. Oh, dude. Daryl was, like, probably sitting there like, fuck yes. This is what <laughs> I meant by culture change. Like, Borov comes in there and breaks it up. Big Z. <laughs> clearing bodies. <laughs> Hannafin and Kachuk, like, skate in there, too. Like, no, guys, don't, don't, don't fight. <laughs> We're all we're a team here. It's like it's it's actually jokes too how Kachuk is the one like breaking that shit up when it was probably him and Geo like every fucking practice last year. Oh, like a hundred percent. hundred percent. All right. Uh yeah, I've said about all I can say uh with the St. Louis game. I it's one that you should probably steal. Or at least get a point out of, you know? Like, if you don't give up that goal late, that's another point registered. We're not talking yeah. about 0-2 and 1 anymore. We're talking about maybe 0-1 and 2. Like, Which, it's two points in three games, it's not terrible. But, anyways, moving on to L.A. Um, again, and thank God we won this hockey game. I mean... I, I, I say thank God just because I don't want to read idiotic comments like I read on Saturday. You know what I mean? That and the playoff picture. Like, yeah, the playoff picture was a big one for me. And honestly, in like the last four minutes of that game, when LA had all the pressure, like my heart rate was going because, yeah, I I was not okay. Like, what (laughs) I I thought mentally, what it would do to the players if that game slips away from them. You've already lost three three in a row. This one slips through your hands what kind of effect does that have on the team afterwards? That's why I was so worried at the last four minutes of this game is because I wasn't exactly sure what the after effects would have been, but Markey was all the people that say Markstrom needs a rest and blah, blah, blah. And Chris Tanev and Erica Branson are the most elite penalty killing defensive duo I've ever seen in my life. Erica Branson is a human shield on the ice. Chris Tanev had five shot blocks. And I think it Branson had like three or four. Just like, and you know what's amazing about Good Branson? Like, we always go back to this, but when he was signed, I was against it. I was against it. Yeah. <laughs> and then you look and he's an absolute, like, wow. Hell yeah. yeah. 
Hell yeah. yeah. I yeah. love Eric and Branson, bro. That was, so, was such a sick shift from both of them. Yeah, that Holy was huge. Me. The Flames take way too many penalties. Um, way, way too many penalties. You take six penalties in that hockey game. Um, some of them shitty calls. It was Flames versus refs. I mean, I saw LA Kings fans out there being like, what do you mean? There was missed calls both ways. Um, the power plays were six to two. Um, that's not a fair, fair called game. And the one on Sean Jersey was with five seconds left in the third. So really we had one power play. Um, like, thank you for the call. Like what? Like, I don't, I will never respect NHL refs. The last game that was officiated properly was March 12th versus the Red Wings. That was the last full hockey game where I watched a full 60 and said this was called properly. Yeah, actually. <laughs> like, like, I don't know how the league can tolerate that, dude. But the game starts off 10 seconds in, Johnny Gaudreau from behind the net, banks one in. Um, I, I had just sat down. I had just... <laughs> literally sat down, looked up and the boys were celebrating. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like crazy. And then like, how you start a road trip. Literally like there's no better way to start a road trip than that. And then the wheels fell off the bus. Um, pretty much past the 10 minute mark of the first period. The flames played really well. The first 10 minutes, they kind of took the boots to LA hemmed them in their zone quite a bit. Um, but yeah, then you get in that scrum, you get two penalties out of that. Michael Stone takes a holding penalty. You got three guys sitting in the box. You're on a five on three. Kempe scores on that to make it two one. And after that, I was like, it's time to regain because if you don't come out in the second period and dominate the game like you have or you can, that was a huge second period. Johnny Goudreau, ham and cheese sandwich lover. NHL All-Star, elite playmaker, game changer. I don't care. Like, dude, Goudreau came in and said, fuck it. I'm, we're winning tonight. Yeah. Here you, you go, Lindy. I'm just going to wait for you to get open. Here you go. Oh, thanks, Carpenter. Can I just say, what a fucking play by Ryan Carpenter. That was actually really good puck retrieval. And that was a sick it was. pass. It was. That was great board work. I mean... Johnny Gaudreau, assisted by Carpenter and Stone. Let's go. Stone, <laughs> Stone is, like, producing when he's in, too. I mean, like, this is just, like, second assist. Of this you season. know what I have to say about Stone, though? That guy cannot skate for shit. Oh, my God. The thing with Stone, he he's very – the thing I've noticed is when he's, like – when he's backtracking, he's a very east-west – type player more than north south so it's like all it takes is you can't catch him coming in at one edge near the top of the circle and it's ggs like he'll you'll be like you'll be in front of him it looks like he's carrying a tire behind him when he skates like he's like giving it his all but he's just not going anywhere <laughs> like i noticed that when he skates backwards he tends to pivot too there was times where i just saw like you know, a dump and chase from the Kings and Michael Stone's going back to get the puck. I miss Shillington having him back there for puck retrievals and stuff like that, just mm -hmm. because it's so much quicker. He's so much quicker back to the puck and he's so much faster snapping that thing up the ice. Like with Michael Stone going back to get some of those puck retrievals, the Kings were like right on him. Like he had no time to make a play because they were already keeping up with him on their way back into the zone. Um, but I mean, he, he has done really well for being a guy that oh, like I, nothing but respect for Michael stone. He's a trooper. Stepped, yep. Stepped into a top four role and he's done very well. Um, you know, he shuts things down most of the time. He doesn't give up anything too high danger and you can't complain about that. So stone and Tanev were our best pairing last night. Yep. I mean, for, for all the jokes that we give about his skating ability, he like they were they were our best pairing last night. And I mean, Stone again as a short term fix, I'm I'm gladly okay with that. And I mean, think about the situation for him too. I mean, he's playing on his offside and he's a right handed shot. 
So yeah. it's a little bit, it's not easy to also adjust to that sort of playing style, right? Yeah, I don't know if you noticed. I think it was in the second. There was uh, a time where he was out there and we had quite a bit of offensive zone time and the puck came back to his point a lot and he was getting pressured and he had to play it back in on his backhand every time. And he do, he got it back in deep every time on his backhand. And I was I was pretty impressed with him there. Yeah, I was like, all right, that, you're, you're making up for it. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, it was interesting to me too how uh, Daryl put him on power play too. I feel like because Yarn Croak, is has been out with an illness the last two games. I feel like Daryl was like, who's a right-handed shot that can fucking shoot Stone? Yeah, Michael Stone. Because if like Stone has an absolute clapper. All he it does. takes is one, all it takes is one clear lane and that puck is going straight in. I don't even care. No, no, for um, sure. We get the win. That's what matters. Gidrow had three primary points, nine shot attempts, and four scoring chances last night. Shots were 33 to 29. Power play went 0 for 2. Shot attempts were 52 to 37 in favor of the Flames. Scoring chances 25 to 19. High dangers were 10 to 7 in favor of the Kings. Expected goals for 53.53 for the Flames and 46.47 for the Kings. Johnny Goudreau is like, just pay the man. I don't care how much he wants. I'm not like, pay him, please. Just for the love of God, you can't lose this guy for nothing. And you can't subtract him away from what this team is building and has been yeah. in the process of building since, you know, a full calendar year now, yeah. you know, to get yeah. to this point. The guy, he has 95 points on the year. I mean, how many games do we have left? 13. He could hit 110 points right now. I think he's on pace for like 113 if you do the math. <laughs> Crazy. God, I love you, Goudreau. Holy moly. But yeah, like you take a look at, I guess we'll get into this now, scoring, secondary scoring. I mean, you look at it, it has dried up. That is a little bit of a, that, not a little bit. I mean, that is a concern for me right now because well, even last night, you know, all of that was top line produced. That was Johnny Goudreau, right? Oh, yeah. Like, you, Tyler Toffoli is in a bit of a slump. He had about four looks last night, three of them high danger that Peterson just shut him down, right? Toffoli is in a slump. He had that breakaway coming out of the box, um, snapped it wide. Like, he's just, he's not quite feeling it right now. He needs a playmaker around him. I mean, like, I, we got to try something new on that second line, I think. In, in my personal opinion, that Mange, Backlund, Toffoli, it's, it really hasn't worked since it's been formed. I, yeah. Reunite Mange, Pawnee, Backlund, and Coleman. I mean, for all the shit that you want to give Blake Coleman for not scoring, that line was really fucking dominant when they were together over an extended period of time. And Rizicka, Dubé, and Toffoli. Remember how good that line was that line first... was excellent and i mean like when callie arncroft comes back oh I and think... yeah and we got like, i when, forgot like yeah like when, like dude like we have options now we're, we're not <laughs> sitting here stressing being like bring a guy in right but with with callie arncroft like okay yeah the last two games he's been out with an illness and i've noticed the fact that he's out oh like 100 like we kind of you watch him and you're like, oh, he's not scoring. He's not scoring. But it was pretty freaking evident that he wasn't in the lineup. Like when when a player has that sort of impact, you can tell how important he is in that role. I think when he's healthy, I want to I want to see Dubé, Yarncroak, Toffoli. See how that works. If it doesn't work and it's still kind of, I don't know, then swap out. Carpenter for Ruzichka, move Ruzichka up there and maybe even move Yarncroak to, I don't know, your fourth line center spot. Like the thing is, is like with Yarncroak, you can put him pretty much anywhere. With yeah. a lot of these guys that we have right now, like, you know, these lines, you shouldn't be treating them as if they're numbered past the top line. No. no. It's just whoever works well with whoever. I mean, Daryl. Yeah. Even, like, even Dubé in at fourth line center. 
and have a Yarncroc, Rizichka, and Toffoli third line. Like, you have options, but... You do have... And yeah, like, you can move Yarncroc to the left wing. He played there pretty much his entire career, even though he's a right-hand shot. He can play anywhere. Um, You have options, and... Like, the Flames, they need to figure out something that's going to get them more goals heading into the playoffs here. And you're coming up against Anaheim and Seattle here, so now is your time to finally get some in-game practice with some new lines. I mean, (laughs) like, just see what works. I mean, these are two games that the Flames should walk away with, and they pretty much have to walk away with. I mean, hypothetically, you're looking at the next three games here hoping for six points after the end of next Saturday because they're very – you have Anaheim tomorrow – San Jose on Thursday and then Seattle on Saturday. Like that's not a hard schedule. <laughs> Even though San Jose lived rent-free in our heads, but we'll see what happens yeah. there. Uh, oh my God. You had to remind me about that. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like I, I think you need to move Coleman back up with Japani and Backlund and because that line was very good when they were together. It was. And, it was. I mean, Manjapani, we talk about Toffoli drying up a bit. Coleman not looking like he's able to contribute the last five or six at least. I mean, I'll say five because he hit the score sheet against the Oilers. But um, you take a look at, I guess, overarching, you have options that you can try. Manjapani also has, what, two goals in his last, like, how many games? It's not like yeah. it's not like he hasn't been going through a dry spell either with this new line combo, right? Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Move Coleman back up with Manjapani and Backlund. Try to fully in a pure scoring role with either Dubé Ruzichka or Ruzichka and and Yarncroak when he's back. Like just you have options that you can try. Change it up a little bit, get some guys some new looks, and you have three games here where you have the opportunity and are able to do that. Um, three not so solid teams that you're about to play here. Um, take advantage of it and figure something out here. The cause for concern is still slim, but there are some elements that you can factor in. I mean, a lot of people, like you touched on earlier, the Markstrom thing with like overplaying him and whatnot. I can kind of understand where they're getting to down the stretch here, especially because you want to have him ready for the playoffs. I get it. Um, this week, I think I think they should give Vladar tomorrow night and Saturday in Seattle. Sure. I am cool with that. But all these fans that were like, why is Markstrom starting against the Kings again? Because you're playing the second-place team in your division. In big games against good teams, you go with your number one. Thank you. That is. <laughs> it's literally what it is. Like You have Anaheim, San Jose, and Seattle all later in the week. Play Vladar against any of those teams. I don't give a fuck. But in big games, you go with your number one. And, I mean, everyone's like, oh, they're not giving Vladar a shot and whatnot. It's like, okay, but you do understand that we have a, a, shot starter, we have a starter getting paid $6 million. Okay? Do you see the that he has? What does Vladar need a shot for? We have a freaking amazing number one. It's not like this isn't the same goalie carousel where you're waiting for your backup to outplay your starter and you do have a 1A, 1B type tandem. Uh, the march from top gets me – it pisses me off. It actually pisses me off. Like, to me, it's like – even when you listen to Flamestock on 960, there's some, some of the, like, I guess, analysts that say, like, they don't give a fuck that Markstrom keeps playing. Like, yeah, no shit. He's your number one. You're paying him $6 million a year. He's going to play a lot of games. He's an NHL athlete. He was freaking amazing in the end of that LA game. I'm sorry. Without him, we don't win that game. We don't close that game out. He's Your best penalty killer at the end of the day is your goalie. And the timely saves that he made last night, unreal. even with like 10 minutes left in that third, in the third, when Kempe walked in and Marky made that huge glove save on Kempe, he cut across the net, made that huge glove save. And people are still saying that Markstrom's the reason that we've been losing games. You guys need to uh, actually watch a game here. I, 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 
I'm getting angry. <laughs> like I don't I never I didn't realize that it was this bad. It's brutal. It's brutal. Like, pay attention. Up to huge, prescription. Huge Flames fans have been saying that Markstrom is tired and needs a break and that it's his fault and that he's being overplayed and whatnot. We've had really big games last week. You played Colorado, St. Louis, the Kings, and the Kings again. Those are four like three That's great playoff matchups. Those are all three playoff teams. All three of them. You play your number one against playoff teams. That's the way that it works. This week, you have three teams that are out of the playoffs. Play Vladar all you want. Exactly. Let Marky rest now, but he freaking played pretty well over this last week, and I will not put a single loss on him. If I'm a betting guy, I think Vladar plays tomorrow night, and I think Vladar also gets Seattle on Saturday on Hockey Night in Canada. Yep. I, I think so, too. I think we play Marky against San Jose just because they have had the edge over us all year. Yeah. And, yeah, you give Vladar Anaheim and you give him Seattle. Marky gets a pretty good rest coming out of, what, Thursday? And then we don't play till Tuesday next week, or is it Monday? Tuesday next week. Seattle again. Uh, so Marky can break from Thursday to Tuesday. I like that. that. I think that's what they should go with. number of people that think they know hockey – and then decide they, to willingly enter a comment section and look like the, the – there's dumb dumber and the dumbest. You're dumbest. They, like, I just – they just don't think about what team they're going up against that night. They just see that Markstrom's back in and wonder why because he has played a lot. But Daryl's always written his number ones. And just take a step back and – Really think about the team that you're playing, the matchup that you have, and the games to come in weeks ahead. Just look at it all in perspective before you go and blow your lid all over a comment section or a group chat because it makes no sense to me. I'm literally this close to not giving a – like I don't want to be part of group chats or even look at comment sections after games because – you're not going to find the next scout in the National Hockey League in an Instagram comment section. It's a joke. It's pathetic. Yeah. The number yeah. of people that genuinely, that genuinely, like their takes, they're not even takes. Takes are backed up by facts. That's just, just stupidity. Yeah. No, yeah. It's just a complete waste of time. And it just, yeah, it, it's not good for anything, really. I mean, but whatever. It is what it is. Like, shout out to anyone who wanted a rebuild after the 0-2 and one God. <laughs> what Blow it up. Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah, I hope that Shillington and Yarncroke are back in as soon as possible because very evident that we missed them. Uh, yeah. Like, you see the difference. It's not subtle. You do. <laughs> um, uh, hopefully, Shillington isn't too long-term. Hopefully, that Tuesday game, when we get back, he's back in. But, yeah, if you guys like our content, considering – to subscribe would be a very, very, very well thought out thought process rather than just commenting in the flames comment section, acting like a scout and saying that you've been watching hockey for since you were two, like, okay, wow. I didn't realize that you were a scout while you were still shitting yourself. That's a one. But anyways, if you like your content, like comment, subscribe, there's more of this to come obviously uh yeah and if you want to listen to actual sensical flames fans talk about the game and the season like how it is we're right here and we're pretty cool knowledgeable people so thank you for listening yeah thanks for listening everybody